0: welcome everybody i'm jared he's dj and this is number one bullshit i was very very happy that uh this card can float so hard oh my (laughs) god yeah i was like literally, I think two hours and ten minutes by the time the the last fight was over.
1: Well, I didn't. I didn't check. Was this shorter than the Islam Volkov uh, card? The same like total total fight just, time? No, just the main card. Just the main card.
0: Main card fight time? Yeah, yeah. We're at like three minutes one second plus. Let's see three one three ten four ten. Four minutes ten seconds plus seventeen minutes twenty three seconds. So we're at was that twenty one minutes thirty three seconds. So, Th- yeah. That was
1: this 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 event. Yeah, yeah so not, nothing because because s- yeah. the
0: last one I think was like twenty nine minutes because the one decision. Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Um, yeah. by the way. N- you're welcome for starting off with math for this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> well, and I just hope my mental math was right. But well, so someone's just, like, "Dude, it was way off." <laughs> yeah,
0: like, "Hey, Jared, you're dumb." We are recording <laughs>
1: this early, so give him a break.
0: Yeah, well, my mental math is so horrible. Like when I was a kid, I used to pride myself on being able to do mental math, and now I'm just like, "Oh, let me get my." <laughs> I'm I'm adding two double digit numbers. Let me get my calculator <laughs> well, out. Like, I think it's, I it's think once
1: good. once little man gets because like my kids are at us like age in school where i'm like it's fun for me when i help them do stuff it's like okay can i even am i stupid now am i dumb can i figure this stuff out so like i try to do a lot of mental math in my head so you'll 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 get back to it because when we used to live together it was splitting groceries it was always like okay you know yeah how do we do that so
0: yeah i just it it takes me back to when i was like in fourth grade in you know, coming home all excited from school because I fucking used to love school. And- <laughs> Nerd. Nerd alert. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> but like, I remember going home and like stating some fact to my parents and being just amazed that they didn't know it. You know, I'm like, I'm nine. Like, I know this. How do you guys not know this? Yeah. It's like, oh, because you were worrying about
1: real shit. <laughs> well, it's just, it's you know, you you learn it and forget it. But thinking, speaking of running to your parents and being excited about something and them maybe being excited back, even though now Poetan is a double champion, I don't think that the excitement from his kids is still going to get him to smile, except he did smile on the walk back from the cage last night.
0: Yeah, there's right. a picture of him crushing pizza in the back where he's got, like, kind of a smirk on his face. <laughs> oh, he doesn't just eat, like... Raw meat,
1: <laughs> straight face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was good to see him smile. Watching that fight, I mean, great story for him, right? Like, I think the one thing that would jump him to an, the next level of superstardom is being able to speak English, because UFC is like you know an English speaking yeah. thing. But, but, great story for him. That was his eleventh fight. He has two belts. Come wow. on. Or I mean, yeah. I know he's not holding the middleweight belt, but he's earned two belts. Uh, hasn't defended either of them, so it be interesting to see his next fight. But
0: Connor ish in that e- sense, yeah, except he tried to defend the 185. Belt yeah, it's just it, you know,
1: is he finally if you fight someone enough times, they probably mm-hmm. you know, more likely gonna win. Uh, what'd you think of the fight? I, I I will just say, I think early stoppage, even though Yuri was like, I was out, I think that's him mm-hmm. just being the guy that he is. I think that fight could have gone on a little bit longer because what does poeton do on top i wish i could
0: have seen it yeah yeah and to to kind of take it back a little bit too yuri also said the same thing in the dominic reyes fight yeah exactly so like he's he has trained himself to win, and like nobody remembers him not fucking up dominic reyes yeah right and so i like he has trained himself to when his mind goes his body's still doing what he needs it to of course and so yeah, I think the positional change is what made me want to see. Okay, give it five seconds. Yeah. Like now that, and I get the position change because he dropped. But I did want to see. Okay, Poeton's amount. If Poeton just drops like two elbows or one just square shot. Good. Yeah, end it. Stop it. But if Yuri's able to get the hands up and get out of that position, and
1: and you can't always do this because it's not fair. But knowing who the fighters are is very important for a mm. referee. Mm-hmm. Yuri was pulling guard, even though he's getting elbowed. Like, <laughs> don't get elbowed in the temple, man. But you he's know, pulling so guard so many times. he's pulling guard, and I don't know if fans don't know this, but Poetan's not known for his top guard work, right? Um, yeah,
0: but Poetan did land him full
1: mount, full mount. Regardless, though, you know you have who who who's probably more better versed on the ground. And all it takes is you to just gain a little bit of composure. And he wasn't wobbled standing. That, that was one of the big tales is like he seemed to have his wits. But, you know, mm-hmm. good for him for being the good guy. and mean, like, look, I was out. You know, I got to do better. Yeah. I will come back stronger. Uh, you praise Mark Goddard. I think Mark Goddard has the praise from you because he is,
0: if not, if, if he's not your someone's top, he's at least top two. Yeah, it's him and, and Herzog. Well, it, and now, and I got to shout this out, Mike Beltran back. Which was cool to see because he'd been you were out for see one. Mike Bell for a second. No, no. <laughs> damn, damn you, Mike, Mike Bell. Bell. Yeah, you get no more time. <laughs> Mike Bell Tran Tran. We're adding the yes, Tran to this trend. one. <laughs> yeah, because he had. I want to say diverticulitis. He had some some issue with his intestines, and so he was back last night, and that was just just cool to see, uh, because everything you hear about that man is like everyone that interacts with him is like he is the best. Yeah, dude, just yeah. an awesome guy, and so. It's, love, it's, it's hard to, to believe that. just
1: because of the choice of goatee that he – or um, beard. but Yeah, mustache. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard everything. But anyways, you always praise Mark, Gar- Mark Garter, and I think he deserves it. I, I think this was one of the moments that he – I feel like he was underperforming in terms of refereeing. But this is such a – this like he gets a pass because this is so rare for him, right? He is I, – I agree with you. I think he's top, but – I, I also think with the optics, it's not a it's not a horrible stoppage. I just felt unsatisfied last night. I was like, ah, oh, I could have kept going. But yeah, yeah great story for Poets on though.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, is that it is more about it being unsatisfying yep. as opposed to realistically probably gonna be three, four more seconds and then that then maybe Yuri is out out. Maybe. But yeah, there's always that chance, especially with somebody like Yuri. And the question for me going into this was we knew Yuri was going to get hurt because yeah. he gets hurt in every single fight. What do those moments of chaos look like? And let's not forget, Yuri just about had him out right before. this. I mean, right before. Yeah. The reason he got hurt was he had Pajeda hurt badly. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't show it on his face because Pajeda, but he was, you could tell he was hurt very badly, got stung a few times. And Yuri just let the, what was it, right hook, left hook come through. And we all know hes he has that power the it's interesting all three judges gave yuri round one i i wanted to know how they were gonna score that because yuri landed those nice uppercuts right there was a couple really good elbows in the ground and pound some control but you could argue the ultimately the most damage in round one was the the calf kicks i mean you saw i think it was by kick three yuri was reaching way down to try to catch the calf kick he was hurt badly
1: by those. So let me ask, do you disagree with that? Because I felt going out of round one, I was like, okay, that was Yuri's
0: round. I don't don't disagree. Okay. I, I didn't know if you were saying I'm, like you felt um, different. No, I'm you. I'm just it tells me something about how they were viewing the criteria, because if it's pure damage, I I would argue that Poetan did more damage. Okay. But from the you know duration, dominance, like Yuri control. So that I was very interested at the end of round one, like, oh, how are they going to score this? just based off of what we got to see.
1: So if I have one criticism of Poetan at 205, I think that one thing people aren't, aren't going to be able to quickly adjust to is that his, his calf kicks are just too good, right? I think yeah. maybe two years from now, people can like figure that out. But I mm-hmm. then 2024, let's say he fights. Let's just say we give him two fights. I don't think whoever fights him in two fights, unless it's Yuri again, is going to be prepared for those calf kicks yet. You just, he just has that special skill. However, I didn't see Yuri. Your it seemed like Yuri kind of stung him, and it wasn't the power punch that you would expect. I don't know, I don't know how he's going to fare. I, I can't wait to see his next fight. I can't wait to yeah. see his next fight because now we know if if he does get to fight Hill next, you know if Hill's ready. My part of my camp is: what am I going to do about these calf kicks that I'm never going to see? I'm never going to yeah. see him like. So what do you do with that? But we've seen him, when he got stung, he kind of even looked a little gassed a little bit. So we've mm-hmm. seen that happen twice to him now. It's just he, with with Jan, he just out, I think he out-mentaled him, right? Where it was like, I need this. Jan got tired too. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see him go forward. But like like I said, man, whether people are a fan of him or not, what a story, dude. Just what a story. Oh, man.
0: yeah. Yeah, It's and apparently he... When he was, like, 22, he was, like, an alcoholic and was, like, you know, working in a tire shop, like, struggling. Um, So just awesome, right? And to me, it's as, like, this between him and Glover is kind of like the O'Malley, Tim Welch. A little different, obviously, because Glover, world champion, right? competed at the highest level. But here is a guy who's like, oh, I'm going to give this portion of my life to this other human being because of what I see within them. And and that's like a very powerful thing. And so, you know, you saw, I don't know if you saw the, uh, the camera that was on Glover after. Oh yeah. And he like jumps over the cage. And, like
1: almost, just almost emotion. hits Yuri as he's going over. <laughs> <the end>. Um, <laughs> yes. and I'll tell you this, if I'm going to fight. Poeton for a title. I'm not. I'm gonna say not Madison Square Garden. He's he's undefeated (laughs) at Madison. I'm not fighting him on the biggest stage. Um, yeah, good. Just just good for him. The fight there was there was actually no like really like explosive exciting moment except for the end. But man, those calf kicks are just stupid. How do you how do you? It's so fun to see the game evolve to where that's the thing that really is going to keep Poetan at the top. Is just being able to hurt somebody and then now now they're just compromised quickly into the fight yeah. it was quick that yuri was feeling that shit, dude
0: oh yeah it was like the first or second one yeah. he was probably the second one for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah if not the however first one. He, he did get caught with i think one or two in, in round two but he started getting out of the way yes. he started playing the range a little bit better i think that's going to be and this is me having no technical skills whatsoever in striking, but it seems like it comes too quick to ke- to check. Yeah. And, and that you have to play the distance game. And it's going to be about staying outside of range and kind of getting in and blitzing. You know, I, I, it was also, I wonder what Yuri's game plan was. Obviously, he switches stance a lot, but when he was, the calf kick's not there when he's in southpaw. And so I was kind of surprised that he kept after he was hurt you know 48 seconds into the fight with the first few calf kicks he kept going back to orthodox and so you know is he just that much more comfortable in that stance probably yeah but i thought that was kind of interesting it's like it looks like he's one or two calf kicks away from dropping and yet he's still going back to that stance for for somebody who does switch stance somewhat regularly
1: yeah and with poeton i mean he it's not like he's a jab machine right like he's 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 pretty his it's weird because when you look at his stand up to me it's like he kind of looks stiff right he looks like he's swinging, but of course he's top of the top for a reason so there there's that aspect of like fighting that i just haven't experienced and understand but you, you have to keep distance with him and you have to figure out a way to like get in get out without but you can't do that right you just can't yeah. and what's more impressive too is once again we see he's God, he's working on his ground game hard. And when you have Glover Teixeira on top of you probably every single day. Like, trying to drown dude, you in rivers. Dude, like, it's showing. It's, it's it's It was it was fun to see last night just because I didn't know what was going to happen, but I did think Yuri was going to get the better of him.
0: But, mm-hmm. nope. Yeah, and you said Pejeda needs, you know, obviously one of the things keeping him back from being a star is the English. Well, he knows enough English to tell Izzy to come to daddy. Yeah, weird call <laughs> out though, time. huh?
1: I don't, yeah. I don't really get the
0: – like, Izzy made such
1: a big stink about, like, I'm taking three years off. And yeah. I, it's like, I don't know why – like, that I, – I understand that you beat Izzy all these times, and he beat you once, and now he's, like, acting like it's yeah, over. Talking that shit. But yeah. it's probably because he got slept, right? It's probably and, – mm-hmm. and he – and now he's on commercials doing the bow and arrows. Like, he yeah. took his oh, thing. Oh, yeah. So this probably, Starts like – Starts to wear on you. Yeah, there's, the, <laughs> there's that thing where it's probably, like, I want to fuck you up again. But I just don't see. I don't. I don't see Izzy coming back from that fight. And Izzy's response was like, "Let it go." So,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm with you. The I. I do know. Pajedo was talking about he doesn't want to have to wait for Jamal Hill. Like he wants. He's 36 years old. Right? Yeah, I so understand like he, that. Completely. He wants to get fights. I just looking at the top 10. I don't. I don't know who you can give him. Everybody's pretty much booked up. They said they're going to redo. Uncle I have Johnny or the rumor is Uncle I have Johnny Walker is going to headline sure a that, yeah. fight night. Yeah, give, you know, because ultimately, like, that's a number one contender fight right there. Uh, Blahovich is in Rakic that got rebooked. We'll talk about that. Uh, and, but so there really isn't anybody else within that top 10 for him to fight. You know, Anthony Smith. No, no time. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's just not. There's not really anybody else out there, so I I get him saying like, hey, <laughs> you know, let me let me get some money here while I'm waiting for Jamal Hill to come back. And when when is Jamal Hill, uh, kind of like projected to be able to? Fight? I I want to say summer. Ah, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah, and I and Poetom wants to fight, so who knows? Well, you know, I'm sure in the next couple months we'll we'll be hearing probably in the new year about what what that looks like. The other one. He wants to come back right away, my man Tom Aspinall. Uh, he said he wants to actually fight at three hundred uh, and defend the interim belt. He can, he, uh, yeah, he can. That was that was a hell of a performance. He he ate one from from uh, Pavlovich that it looked like could have. It, I think it did sting sting him a little bit, yeah. uh, but that's where we're talking. Everyone talks about uh, Pavlovich's power. Said it last week. He's not a one punch guy. Nope. He is he he has fight changing power in one punch, but usually it's hit somebody, hurt him, and then the crazy combos start coming, and he just couldn't close the distance after he hurt Aspen or uh stung Aspinall. I yeah. should say he didn't really and, look too hurt.
1: And when he hit Aspinall, I was really looking like, okay, is he where's his mind wobble? And and he still had his feet under still bouncy. Yep. So it was just got I got you, but
0: on the other side, when he hit him, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, that was the one thing that I, I underestimate. I think a lot of people are underestimating, which is crazy when you look at Aspinall's record and what he's done, but his power coming back yeah. it was uh, something that I don't think people were really talking, talking about a bunch. And I'm just a big Aspinall fan. Did you hear what, what he's like? Do you hear any of the pre-fight press conference for him? No, I heard one thing where he was talking about like he dressed up and people were, like compliments, <laughs> Close, but that's all I heard. So they were asking him about you know Sergey's power and and all of that, and he's like, "Well, I'm not just going to stand in front of him. Yeah. Like I'm a fighter. I'm going to move. So I'm not I'm not going to get into a, a dick measuring contest with this guy because he's going to win that probably both oh, literally yeah, and yeah. figuratively. I saw, I saw that little clip. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's funny. Um but yeah, like I love his openness and talking about how scared he was for this fight. And he's like, look at that guy. He's terrified. Yeah. You know, like I love the human side of that for him to not try to be like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not scared of anybody. And granted, there are fighters that I genuinely think are not scared of, of anything, but I appreciate the human side to that. And then him going to give the belt to his dad. Yeah. You know, we talk about all the time, dad, dad shit on, on this podcast, but like, God, that that was one of those like I'm not crying moments.
1: Well, I mean, his uh, and his dad looked in shock too. Like at one point, like before they took the you know the group picture at the end, his yeah, yeah. dad just kind of like was just looking away, like like he did it, like almost like yeah. we're we made it, right? It was oh, it yeah. was cool. And the thing that gets on most of my nerves, maybe because my son's taller than me, is why are these kids taller than their dads? What's going so on? So much bigger. What's so like, much what's bigger? Going? My son's fourteen, taller than me. I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, it's yeah, just well, it's,
0: why didn't I grow? <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, and obviously Aspinall is a gigantic human being, but yeah, he's like a full head taller than his, than his dad. It's, it's crazy. Now I'm g- most likely going to be in the same boat because my son is very big for his age and I am not a large man. Yeah, but your dad <laughs> so, is tall though. Right. So like if true, he, if he true. gets it from like your, your side of the family,
1: and yeah. my dad's not that much taller than me, right? Maybe. Yeah. I do 5'8", 5'9", at the most. Mm-hmm. Aspinall is like, a foot taller than his dad. It's just but anyways, yeah. watching his dad just kind of have that moment, it is a good thing and then yeah. seeing Aspinall walk back and start like crying, let the emotion mm-hmm. come in because now you're hearing the fans talk about it. I really liked um watching Michael Bisping's reaction too. And um you know, I'm going to mess up the name. Joanna Jung Yeah, Joanna Champion. Yeah, um are they like training partners or something cuz she was like they I mean they hugged afterwards, they were stoked. I I don't know their relationship.
0: Yeah, I don't know the relationship. It does seem like European MMA okay. is like very like a very close knit community. I think for so long there were so few. I don't want to say high level fighters, but people on the world stage. Okay, you, you know it's not like you know Poland has two or three, like England has you know three or four, and and so I think that there's just such a like tightly knit community there. Yeah, uh, But they, they might have some some other relationship training together. Yeah, because I mean like that. her
1: reaction was like she just kept saying like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And it's like, okay. I've, mm-hmm. I mean, I love to see that. Uh, but I just, I didn't know the relationship. But yeah, it was good to see the support that he's getting because I do, I do think he's going to be a good champion. I want to see him mm-hmm. fight Jones more than I want to see Jones fight Stipe. I kind of hope like, As- As- Asmall's too nice of a guy to goad Jones into it, right? Because what yeah. he, what I think where he made the mistake is he said, John for my legacy and John doesn't care about your legacy yeah. because what does that do for me? It would have been just a little bit different wording might go John into it. So we'll see.
0: And and that, but that is the thing is Aspinall has all of the markings, all the signs that he's going to go on a run, like a run oh, uh, yeah. as much as you can in the heavyweight division. Like obviously you can get clipped and it can be game over. Sure. But he has all the markings of like, this is a dude that's going to be on a run kind of all time. And he will then, there will always be that thing in John Jones's mind if he doesn't yeah. fight him, of like, that, well, hey, here's this guy that has now broken every heavyweight UFC record. And I know this is all future talk. Like, right? we, you know, Aspinall might lose his next fight, but that could be something in John Jones's mind that could kind of goad him back into fighting because. Did you see Stepe walking into the arena? No. I don't know if it's just because he's like kind of bow legged. It, it looked like he had hip replacement surgery. Ah, uh, he looked like an old man, like waddling into the arena. It was alarming. I mean, he's you know, just looking four, at it. He's forty two.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's honestly the only because re- I'm not going to disrespect Stepe's name. It's the only reason I don't no. care to see the fight is because he's just old, right? And heavyweight power, sure, but. Well, I mean, just I know you agree with me, but what's more exciting, see John Jones across the cage from Tom Aspinall or Stipe? It's like I don't care the the legacy thing doesn't matter as much as me like beating Stipe, but Stipe hasn't fought since 2020. Like it's just not mm-hmm. the same. Aspinall is dangerous, he's bouncy. It's someone that I think John Jones it would be fun to see John Jones's mind work against Aspinall. I would love to see
0: him and his team like Figure him out. I think it'd be fun. yeah. Where does he see the path to victory? That that's what I want to know because Aspinall has good grappling. Yeah, you know, he's he's very well rounded. It's kind of funny because I remember the first time seeing Aspinall and he had like kind of longer hair. I remember thinking like, oh, it's Frank Mir. Like this is British <laughs> Frank Mir. Yeah, and obviously the more you see him, the less he looks like him. But yeah. it's just you know now he's fucking heavyweight champ or interim heavyweight champ. But yeah, I I want to see that. And it this is kind of the we are now seeing it the quote-unquote new breed of heavyweight right like aspinall is what i think people thought gone
1: was gonna be and i'm just gonna make an outrageous statement that has nothing to do with anything but the heavyweight division is more exciting right now than the light heavyweight i mean it just is Mm -hmm. right like the light heavyweight division still needs that help the heavyweight division though i mean because imagine aspinall okay I think your theory is correct. They're going to dissolve the heavyweight belt, give Aspen all the... So, uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. Imagine him being at the top, going through these contenders again, people like trying to figure him out, and then some of the matchups that he would have. It's just... It makes for... Heavyweight fights are exciting. He did it in 69 seconds. He did it not expecting to fight. I mean, he came in, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's just how talented this guy is with uh, Pavlovich already training as the backup. So he was already in fight shape, or at least fight mentality. He's exciting. And then... You have like him versus Almeida, maybe in the future. I mean, you have mm. like some fun matchups that could be. You're gone. Oh my god! Imagine them two like standing in front of each other. It's just the heavyweight division is exciting. We do need to get past the whatever John Jones saga is going to happen, but mm-hmm. man, John Jones versus Aspinall would be such a treat. It would be such a treat. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, that's. That's one that is a, we might be looking back in five, ten years of being the like, oh, that's the fight that I wish we could have, could have seen, you know, almost like a a Khabib Tony or, you know, one of those fights where it's like, ah, this is the one that will never really know everyone's going to have very strong opinions, yep. but we're just not going to know what. Uh, and, and unfortunately with
1: like the Khabib Tony is that we just see what Tony turned out to be, you know, at this yes. ascent of his career. So it's like, uh, maybe that's, maybe Khabib would have started it earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, great for Tom Massimo. love his story. love his personality. I think he's a good champion for the division. Mm-hmm.
0: Um And to your, to your point, I think I could see him keeping the belt for some yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I like. I just look down the top ten, and as far as like, Gon doesn't. I don't think has the power or the grappling to put him away. You know, I don't think I, the maybe Curtis Blades with the grappling, maybe. You know, that one could be rebooked at some I think, point. I think, I think Curtis Blades stand up isn't good enough, though. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And I don't think Almeida's is either.
1: I, I don't either, but I think Almeida would be fun because, my opinion, I think Almeida just has better ground than curtis blades that's why i really want to see it like i just want to yeah. see that but tom has been also well-rounded it's just it, it <laughs> was it was good to see him last night and and we saw him we did see him get popped and no stanky legs. so he's got yeah. a chin on him for the heavyweight division heavyweight's getting fun it's it's fun to see the big guys fight and be intimidating and i mean the cra- the only crazy thing about that fight is their stare down wasn't as intense as Poetan
0: and nothing's gonna be as intense <laughs> except for maybe Diego Sanchez, Clay Guida. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, but like which in mir- retrospect is like uh well Mirko no. and
1: Von, Von der Le, right? That was yeah. a great one. But whew, great, great title fights
0: for mm-hmm. the Madison Square Garden event. Yes, yes. And th- I mean, we got it right from jump street on the main card, right? Like Sabatini, Diego Lopez. Oh <laughs> my god. I was very, very high on Pat Sabatini. Me too. And we didn't even get to see him. I was like so amped up for these grappling exchanges. Nah, no. Nah. Diego Lopez was like, hold my comb, right? I'm going to I'm gonna go in here and do some work. <laughs> so it's like a stupid. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was... I don't... If anybody had uh, Lopez by knockout on their bingo card, like, good on you. Good you on Made you. some yep. good money. Because yeah. that was not how I saw that playing out at all. That was... It was scary for Sabatini how he kind of had like his arm trapped underneath him at an awkward angle, just getting blasted. It was I was almost I was curious as to like what happened in the as Sabatini was separating, because it almost looked like he stumbled out of that clinch before he got hit. But there there wasn't anything. I thought maybe there was something short in there that kind of Rocked him, and I don't know, maybe his head hit the ground, like you know, when they went down, and then he popped back up. That was the only thing that I could really think of. You're talking about when he
1: was like scurrying away, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it was weird because he's clearly hurt, and you don't expect like to see a scurry like that. Uh, first of all, I got to start putting more respect on Diego Lopez's name mm-hmm. because I when we were doing, when I was doing my fight picks, I was like, "Oh, I think Sabatini's got this right." And there was that part of me that's like, "Oh, what if this is it?" No, I was so gung ho on Sabatini. I'm gonna be so gung ho on Lopez, no matter what. Now, I mean, just impressive. Look composed. Did it. Did it fast too. Did it fast. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would have hurt, but something hurt him because he was trying to escape. He Sabatini yeah. was trying to get away. Like, I need to regain my composure and Lopez said fuck that dude mm-hmm. fuck that you are not taking this away from me and and a crowd full of people that seemed like they were on Sabatini's side stand on the cage telling them, like bring me the love bring me the love is a, a great moment
0: and he's one of those guys Lopez that just has the it yes like when we saw him in his UFC debut against Evloev. And granted, part of it was like, oh, my God, if Loy is this undefeated fighter and here's this guy threatening him. But he is just one of those guys that you you look at me like, oh, he's. There's something about him I like. There's something, you know, that makes me root for this guy. And I don't know if it has to do with it kind of not being the easiest. Right. I mean, he did lose on the contender series and then lost another fight after that before short notice and then making the most of the opportunity. I don't know, but he is to couple that those hands to hurt Sabatini like that on top of his grappling game. Yeah, like that is he's a problem. Yeah. He is an absolute problem. And you look at other matchups for him. He's gotta be if he's not top 15, he's he's sitting there right on the edge, right? Because bottom half of the top 15, you have uh Barboza, Sadiq, Ige, Murphy and Bruce Leroy. So he's like, he might bump one of those guys out come Tuesday. But if not, any of those would be fun. I think Bruce Leroy gets to fight up. But you could give him the the EGA test that every featherweight on their way up has to pass. Uh, Lerone Murphy, uh, that could be a fun one. I think him versus Sadiq. Right? Hey, Sadiq, you just lost to, to Barbosa. You had your chance. Like We're going to now let another guy try to make his name off of you. But I also let, love his call out. Lopez called for Thug Nasty himself. And oh, I didn't hear that. We might see that grappling that, that we didn't get in this fight in that one. I think every matchup for Diego Lopez is exciting.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think this puts him in the top 15, but I think that his next fight is a top 15 contender. You just give it to him, right? Because because he has that extra thing. You know, when you have that extra thing, sometimes it's okay to be like, we don't need to see him stay on the bubble like we're seeing some of these other fighters that we actually appreciate staying on the bubble, him versus Thug Nasty would be fun because Bryce Mitchell just gets hit, right? And now, now we see that he has something. To, yeah, that would be, that would be um, a, f- a real fun fight. I, I'm I'm excited for to see Lopez fight. I just he just has that thing that he just <laughs> has that that thing that I'm like, fuck! I can't wait for his next fight. Last night was unexpected in the terms that if you would have told me that Lopez beat Sabatini, knocked him out, I would have thought maybe second, third round. Not not within what was in a minute and a half. Not yeah, yeah it was a minute was. and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Ninety seconds. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Great, great fight. And then speak of another great stand up fight, your boy Benoit Saint Denis. So first oh. of all, best new nickname. I know you love Steamroller. Are yes. you gonna change it
0: now? To corn yeah, <laughs> when, yeah. When he was calling himself Corn Rolla. That's hilarious. Yeah, that, that's fucking hilarious. That's yeah. yeah people are funny, <laughs> but yeah, this was one where uh, Saint Denis, is a terrifying human, and he, he knows it, is, and he knows yes. it. He knows he's dangerous. Yes, the. I mean, not only the kick because we see people throw that all the time yep. on the break and it not connect. So, like, good on him with the distance management. You never want to say a strike is lucky because obviously. You know he was trying to do that, but that is a, a technique we see a lot, and it, there's not a high return on it. Mm. But the I don't know if it was the toenail or what, just split him open split immediately. Split him open, dude. I was really impressed with the accuracy on the follow-up shot. Hit him clean. Dude. Yeah, that was. Whew, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna was give a, you guys a little behind the scenes. Jared writes,
1: you know, his notes for the your first thing is terrifying, and it's perfect. It was. Uh, not just terrifying because of what he did, but afterwards, the call-outs were dope. The confidence that Mm -hmm. he has is dope. I mean, we'll talk about the call-outs in a second, but the accuracy that he has, it was was like, I know this is what's going to happen and nothing else can happen in this fight. He gave that confidence like this was what was always going to happen. Nothing else was going to happen. I'm ready to kill everybody. It was so
0: dope to see, dude. So my thought here is that the Russian ref just knows better than all of us. Yeah, maybe. You know, he's like I'm actually going to I'm going to help this man. Mm. I'm going to put him through hell so that way he can emerge on the other side like a phoenix rising from the ashes as a better version of himself. So hey Russian ref, yeah, thank you. Good good on you because this version of uh, Saint Denis is a problem, an absolute problem since taking that hellacious beating. And I can't ever talk about it without describing it as one of the worst beatings I've ever seen in my entire life. He goes on to have five straight finishes, three of those in the second round. So it's not just like, hey, you know, starching people, you're not seeing my full game. He is going out there and just dominating people. Yeah. You know he had what is that this year? That's his third fight since July. He's fought every two months yeah. since July, and is just putting people away. And you look at the name, look at the last three names that this guy has: Ishmael Bonfim, big time prospect. Yep. See ya, <laughs> Thiago Moises, vet, top fifteen guy. See ya. <laughs> and then now we got Corn Roller, Steam Roller,
1: Matt <laughs> Frabola. Top fifteen. Well, well, I have to ask you one question. You said that was the most vicious beating that you've ever seen anybody take. Was it's even more vicious than the beating you're receiving on these fight picks? Or mm, I went
0: over, man. I went over. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking. Uh, uh, yeah, we yeah, can talk about it later. We can talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So that's it for the podcast today. Uh, for like for no. eternity, or just for the yeah, rest of this. But- so very much like Benoit Saint-Denis Saint denis I am going I am going to emerge uh, from this beating okay. a better version of myself I hope so <laughs> get ready for the run guys get ready for the run we've heard that but, every
1: every week but it's cool though
0: hey hey
1: <laughs> I got to talk shit while I can because yeah. uh, you're you're more of the expert than I am. So for me to win... Clearly not. Clearly not. I'm not going to say it's beginner's <sighs> luck. It's like a um, St. Denis kick to the face. Like, I'm trying to do it. I, I really mm-hmm. am trying my hardest. But I think there's a little bit of luck involved, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, great performance. He's not going to get a Gaichi, uh, Of course not. No, He's not gonna, no. I mean, but the problem is, is that... He's got something about him, too, that when he said Poirier, I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> I want to see. And I don't think he gets a Poirier either. But Gamrot? Mm, I mean, come that,
0: on. <laughs> the hard part with that one is what? Gamrot's coming off of a win, is it? Yeah. What was Gam? Yeah, he's coming off of the Fazeev win. Yeah. Uh, I, which I, don't think, I know, injury. Like yeah, I, I, I don't think he's going to get
1: Gamrot either. I think that's a little too. He's not even ranked in the top 15 right now. Right. Yeah, like, so, you know, he will be. Yeah. He, he will, will be for come sure. Tuesday. Yeah, because. Well, here's the thing. Right now, Cornarola is 14. Drew Dober is 15. Mm-hmm. Do you put him at 14? Move Drew Dober out of the top 15 now? I mean, regardless, he's got to be ranked above Steamroller right now. Has to be. Yeah, I mean, so is Steamroller down to is gonna
0: gonna fall out. I don't think. I mean, the weird the weird one in the rankings right now is Moicano yep. at 13. I don't I don't think that's justified uh, by by any means. No, I would love to see him fight Moicano. Oh yeah, uh, Drew Dober, like cool. Let's see that fight because what Dober's coming off of a, a win now. Uh, I I would love love to see that fight. Uh, Jalen Turner needs to get back in the wing column. You could give him Jalen Turner. Dos Anjos is one. That's a little bit of the we're gonna feed up. You know, feed one of our legends to to a young hungry lion i don't know if i like that for dos anjos but we've talked about it ad nauseum for the lightweight division they that the top 15 is just populated with old fighters yeah. that don't necessarily fight the young up-and-comers and so yeah and what dos anjos's last two fights have been at at uh, welterweight I don't think he should be in the rankings anymore, to, to be completely honest. But, yeah, there's a ton of fun fights for Saint-Denis. And r- realistically, you keep doing what you're doing. You get one or two more like that. Yeah, or one more one more like that against <laughs> the top 15. You'll get your your Poria. You'll get your Gaethje. And I love that he was like, I want the BMF belt. <laughs> I know, hilarious.
1: <laughs> I want the BMF. I know he didn't sound like that, but it's funny. <laughs> in, that way in my head. I want the BMF belt, and then I want to go for the belt. And I'm like, you know what? You're not going to get it next fight but you definitely earned people being like i want to see this guy fight for those belts don't yeah. belt about that matter
0: yeah yeah. i was gonna say like let's put the lightweight belt on the back burner because the <laughs> one that matters is the bmf belt and i love that he called for that one first yeah it's hilarious. like establish dominance first and then worry about those lesser yeah. lesser belts that you have there he's definitely worthy of
1: Fighting the top 15 people, obviously. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, he just beat 14, but he's definitely worthy of fighting up. And, like, like you said, I can honestly, with just he has something about him too that's just exciting. I can see him getting one more big win and being like, Mm -hmm. Give me, give me the top five, give me, give me the title. I can see him calling for it and maybe it coming true. Just excited to see him go forward.
0: Oh, yeah. And, from one super active fighter to another super active fighter, Lupi Godinez Jesus. just keeps getting it done when she needs to get it done. Right. This is the second card in a row where her second fight in a row, I should say, where she had an opportunity, she took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Right. The Noche UFC was about being in the and taking advantage of that stage. In this one, it was about she's fighting up at a top, a top 10 fighter. And taking advantage of that, I thought she was dominant throughout the fight. I thought that the one round that could have potentially gone to Ricci was actually uh, the first round. And so I thought it was kind of funny because that was the only round that uh, nobody or only the one judge gave to uh, to Ricci. Yeah, you know, Richie had trouble finding finding the range with the hands. I was kind of shocked she didn't use more kicks yeah. because the kicks were landing. They talked about it on the broadcast. If you told me that these two women have the exact same reach, I would call you a damn liar. Uh they're listed as having the same reach yeah. on Tapology, but I they don't fight at the same distance at, at all. Loopy was really able to get the distance with with her boxing and just Kind of piece up Ricci a little bit. Well, let's let's
1: talk about your text you sent me yesterday. Tabitha, I didn't, and I didn't know this live. Tabitha Ricci, one of the judges, scored all three rounds for her. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. get that. I honestly, when you texted me that, I think I texted back, hmm, interesting, because I actually went, hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, because I was like, well, he's, he can't, that can't be right. They can't yeah. be right. Uh, but Lupi Godinez did what she had to do, but this wasn't a. Call for a title shot performance, but no. this is a take a break. Four fights in a year, take your take a break. You've 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 earned a break, right? She didn't want it. I I understand that, and I like what Cormier was saying last night, where he's like, maybe it was either him or Rogan. You know, maybe the reason why she just seems sharper is because she stays active, but also with that performance, you're you were that close to losing as well, and it's mm-hmm. like maybe your body just needs a rest because. If that goes the other way, I would have disagreed with it 100%. I think Godina clearly mm-hmm. – like you said, I think she clearly won. But you put it in the judge's hands. All it does is that. And then you fought four times a year and your last fight is a loss. But she's super impressive, man. And what? how old is she? What What they
0: say? 20? She's 30. Oh, she's 30? Okay. So yeah. She's not as young as yeah. I thought she was. Yeah, she's been in the UFC since 2021. Uh, that's when she made that uh, – so she debuted then and then – uh had the crazy thing in October of that year where she fought like back-to-back weeks. Okay, maybe that's why I thought she was young, is because she's just not yeah. long in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, she has a couple not great losses on her record, or a few. Jessica Penney, Luana Carolina, and then the Angela Hill fight. Yep. Yeah. But since then forno and has looked better every single time i i think she has even though it wasn't the most like dominant looking performance from the standpoint of like an exciting finish or really busting Ricci up i think you could give her a marina Rodriguez. i think you could give her a vina janji doba she has earned a a top 10 opponent want to see it but i do want to go back to that judge brian minor is the judge that gave it 30 27 reachy i and its the second that one was right out you could see because buffer was taken forever he was like talking to them he wanted so to make sure like are you guys sure this is so what this weird judge that that, did? Was, that was very very weird yeah yeah and so it was it seemed outrageous right off the bat right but when you look at the actual scorecards the other two judges gave it 29 28 mm-hmm. to loopy yeah and actually, one judge gave round two to Loopy yeah. or to Ricci. One judge gave round three to Ricci. So when you look at it, realistically, Brian Miner, two of, two of the rounds that he scored for Ricci, if, if you go off it, two of the three judges scored them for Ricci. Yep. And ultimately, it was the one, the first round where he was the only one that wasn't on the same page as at least one other judge. Fair. And so 30-27 right off the bat, I was like, what the fuck? Like, nobody saw that. But when I was watching, I thought round one was the one that you might be able to argue for, Richie, of the three rounds. And granted, I'm not a judge. But the and the I only reason agree for that with was you for dropping that, her late. Yeah, yeah she dropped I, her late. That's what I thought took it, though. I feel like
1: that mm-hmm. even though, I mean, realistically, I don't know how that doesn't because if you look at the stats of round one, 22 strikes of 23. So Richie had one less strike, but she knocked her down and she has 51 seconds of control time. I don't know how she didn't win that first round, to be honest.
0: I don't know. Yeah. How. yeah, And he was the only judge that did it. And so I went and looked because he also gave uh round one to Mackenzie Dern. We'll talk about that in just one second, but he scored 10 rounds, 10 of the rounds of the fight. He did 10 of them actually got a score. Seven of those, he was on the same page of at least one other judge. Huh. So it wasn't as egregious as it seemed. Round one of the Ricci fight, round one or the Ricci Loopy fight, round one of the Andraj Dern fight, and round two of Slava Clause uh Sadikov. He gotcha. was the only judge that didn't give it 10-8. Which Sadikov. is which is a we'll talk
1: about that too, 10-8. Let me yeah. correct myself. Significant strikes, 22 to 23, Ricci Godinez, but total strikes 24 23 in favor of Richie. So I don't know how she, I felt she won that first round. I don't know why the judge didn't give it to her, but
0: if the other judge gives it to her, then, you know, the is loses. So, yeah. yeah. And I was already at the end of that fight to like pitchforks. Let's go get Brian minor, you know, up there with Mike bell, um, which could it be Mike Bell in disguise MBBM I don't know, man. Oh I don't know. Shit. Yeah. Hat. Yeah. You got to say tinfoil
1: hat first, man. I was not well, well, No, this it. is fact. Okay. <laughs> there's my no, no tinfoil right. hat
0: here. This is what's happening. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so it wasn't as egregious yeah. as it initially seemed from that standpoint. He's not like just some rogue judge doing, doing whatever he wants for the most yeah. part. He's on the same page of at least one other judge, uh, but do want to talk about the other strawweight fight that we had The I Mackenzie mean, Dern, Jesus. Jessica and the thing that I saw here is we were so excited for Dern after the performance she put on against Angel Hill, heard her, dropped her on the feet like there was this new violent version of Mackenzie Dern. And she, it just looked like she totally regressed back to who she was before. I mean, like looking amateurish on the feet.
1: It, it, Which you know what we did it reminded not me in her of? last fight. Just the way her body was being handled. Like, like the way, it reminded me of Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey. It just reminded me mm-hmm. of, like, that Ronda Rousey, like, really flailing. She just, she got her down on that first thing. And, and like, you know, just no slouch, too. So, you know, they were like, you know, they she was worried about the, other than position. It's like, I don't know if she was worried about position or submission. I think that she didn't have her head, watching in slow motion, right when she flung her over, her head was out of her grip. Like, I just don't mm-hmm. think that she's going to get down but I mean she was doing decent like kind of just popping but it was very weird and you kind of see the commentators turn on her where it was like we can't hide the fact that like she looks she looks off she something Mm -hmm. looks you said amateurs I think that's a great word it felt that way now once again we'll say this one time and then we're going to just talk freely we're not fighters we're not strikers blah 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 but that's you can't watch that fight and think that this person looks like they have balance. Her balance was terrible. Her balance. Was yeah.
0: Terrible. Yeah. And it's, it's just so strange that it, you know, you hate to give all the credit in the world to a coach, but like they mentioned, Jason Perilla was not in her corner. She left that gym. Yeah. And that's kind of been a theme with Dern where she has bounced around to a lot of different gyms. You know, I wonder if she's not easy to work with or, you know, like what, what the deal is there, but her striking looked so much better in the Angela Hill fight to have this massive of a regression, just seeing It's like, what what happened?
1: And, you know, and I, I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Diego Lopez was the one that said, credit to my striking coach, he made a jiu-jitsu guy a striker. Mm-hmm. This
0: jiu-jitsu person doesn't look like a striker. Like, Diego no. Lopez looks like it. But She did in her last fight, though. That's the crazy part to me. With- it looked like she'd gotten over the hill. Which, no pun intended.
1: Yeah, which is matchups. Styles make matchups, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing that I think we really learned about Mackenzie Dern going forward is that she's not a champion. She's just not a champion. She, will, no. she won't be. I mean, her last five fights, she's two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, And with this last fight looking like, you know, th- this is one of those things going into the corner of the second round, going com- coming out of the second round, like, get her down. Get her down. Her corner had to have seen that, like, the power that Andrade had, and Andrade looks like a stand-up fighter. I mean, she's just so solid in where she stands. And Mackenzie Dern just looked... Well, first of all, she was getting hurt. You know, she was getting mm-hmm. hurt. Hurt but, badly. But, but the good thing about... No, no it's just so we're not just shitting on somebody. The good thing yeah. is that she didn't give up. Even when she got knocked down that last one, I was like, let her jump on her. I was thinking that. I was like, let her jump on her. She She's a ground specialist. Let's see what happens. And then... If you get hit once or twice, it's over. Or if Andraj just says stands back up and it happens again because it was four knockdowns, but it was only three in that round. But mm-hmm. it, she's not a she's not a champion. And good for Andraj because I was kind of on the side of like is
0: Andraj washed? You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I am right there with you. And it looked. I noticed it during the walkout. She like she didn't have the headdress. She was a very different walking out. And I posted about it on X, not tweet, because. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the uh, posted about it because it was like, oh, this looks like a different Andrage yeah. coming out. This is a this is the Andrage that was hyper motivated, former world champ kind of fighter. And, and so it was walking. I was like, oh, what what are we going to see here? And I think that, you know, great for her. It, you you hate to see, when, especially with like a young because even though she's been fighting at a very high level for a very long time. She's 32. Yeah. It's not like she's, you know, 38, 39, like on the ass end of her career. You have a 32 year old that's fought in the UFC 26 times in and insane. Absolutely insane. And is she ever going to contend for a title again? I don't know. But when you look at her last, her loss is not at 135 in the UFC, which you look at, she should never be fighting 135. Joanna Janjacek. That's how you say it. Nice. Uh, Wei Li, Rose, Valentina, Blanchfield, Shonen Jan, Tatiana Suarez. So like this idea that, and granted, she looked bad in that stretch there of Blanchfield, Jan Suarez. She did not look good. You heard her talk about it this week, the the toll that her divorce was taking on her psychologically she was like yeah, i was just fighting for money because i have to pay bills yeah. which you don't want to see right yeah. and we were and we were asking like why is she just keep coming back bouncing around weight class to weight class like this is not good for her career now we know why but when you look at those losses those are all top five people either at uh, flyweight or strawweight but but that i think that's my issue is that
1: she f- she's lost two top people in strawweight i don't know if she gets to the belt again just because mm-hmm. I think she's going to be that person right now that's like, you won't break into the top five without beating Andrade. You have to,
0: right? Yes. Yeah. I think she has earned the right to have a big time fight. Right. You know, unfortunately for her, you look at the the people above her, Amanda Lemos, which I don't agree Lemos should be above her because she choked Lemos standing up, right? right? Uh, Suarez, who she just fought and lost to. Shonen Yan, who she just, Fought and lost to, but then you do have Carlos Esparza. Up there. And 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 real quick against Shonenyan, that's
1: when it was like you look out balance. Like her stand up looked yes. ridiculous, mm-hmm. and, and it now it looked
0: very different this fight. And yes. granted, it, there's different levels of what you're standing across from. But she didn't have the I'm just going to wing hooks and like run at somebody. She did get clipped a couple times yeah. by Dern, and to Dern's credit, as crazy as the stand up looked at times. The jab was crisp it was you know she <laughs> was throwing the overhand right very well it's just once she got hit she was kind of reverting back to that like oh shit, where am i type yeah. um but that was you know i think versus carlos barzo like let's see it yeah you know I, I think that's a a good fight uh moving forward if not let one of these younger people try to make a name a john g you know that type of fighter loopy godinos you know one of these fighters tried to uh try to make a name. I don't say put Loopy there. there yet just because you might have a star in your
1: hands and and Andrade mm-hmm. might stop that.
0: Yeah, I got you. I got you. And then just some, some other kind of good performances. Steve Ursig have to call out. Wasn't the most uh exciting fight. You know, it was going into round three and then Costa just kind of accepted the position on the yeah. cage. Yeah. It, you never know. Short, short notice replacement. Yep. You know, was he, gassed out at that point it's so strange to see not see crazy pace at flyweight just because that, that's what they do yeah I know. you know uh, but good for steve ursa coming off of a massive um, sorry we just didn't do it. Oh yeah, my bad <laughs> uh coming off of a massive win in his ufc debut against dvorak there was a really big chance for a letdown especially when you saw him get clipped with the right hand yep. in the second round Urseg with all due respect does not look like a guy that should have a chin. He's got a little bit of a smaller chin, big nose, which hey, I'm right there with you, my guy. <laughs> the uh surprise it hasn't been broken, <laughs> you know, know but right? uh was really impressed with his chin cuz Costa has big time power, <laughs> connected very cleanly multiple times and Urseg was was able to get through it. Really crisp, clean stand up. He's fun to watch. The the ones to the one two, you know, jab straight down the middle just it, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Really, really fun to watch. I think you can rebook the Schnell fight. Yeah. I don't you see know, why right? you wouldn't. Yeah. And then other flyweights that do put on a pace. Joshua Van, oh. Kevin Borjas. What a, I mean, I know it was the second fight on the card, uh, but what a just awesome, awesome fight early on. Van's chin. Really, really good. I mean, Borjas carries some power, rocked him in the first round, rocked him in the third round, but, uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not about me. I'm a fan of the bodywork. Jesus Christ, and, dude! Who, what Van was doing when he was just like winging hooks to the body and was like, Jesus almost broke the
1: record. I was really like, I like that mm-hmm. Rogan and Cormier <laughs> were excited because I was like, I kind of wanted him to do it as well. Yeah, yeah. I Joshua Van uh, going go into last week's podcast. You know, he's one of the people that we talked about. I was like, I don't really know mm-hmm. much about these guys, and you, know, you really were educating me on this. But, and even though you were excited about the fight, you were excited really about Joshua van, right? Like, like Joshua van was someone yeah. that was on your radar, and I, mm-hmm. I left that fight being like, I get it, I can't. And even he was like, this wasn't my best performance, like, dude, I thought it was an awesome performance, right? Like, great performance. Like, Rogan said we get spoiled watching flyweights, and we really do mm-hmm. because that was awesome. And I'm like, dude, if if that's not your best performance, can't wait to see you next time. You know, like it was, it was an amazing performance at coming back because the first round. Borjas was putting it on him. Borjas <laughs> was putting it on and then coming out and just, yeah, it was that was that was exciting. That was a great way to have like second fight of the card and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, yeah. It just, uh, I mean, the skill level. You look at this was a fight that was supposed to take place on the contender series. Mm, and we talk about Lord. it all the time with these lower weight classes. Guys that are supposed to be on the contender series get the call. And, you know, Borjas ended up having to win on the contender series to get in. Van got the Zuma Gulov fight, but. Like, this is the level of guys outside of, of the USC. Vance, 22 years old, I think, 22 or 23. 20, yeah, 23 at top. Just yeah. started wrestling like a year and a half ago. Just I mean, just in, absolutely insane. Man. Got the chin, has the confidence, want to see this guy fight every single week. Want to see Borjas fight because mm-hmm. Borjas put on a, a phenomenal performance. It takes two in a situation like this to have a, a great fight. Feel for these guys uh that uh you know ultimately could not get fight of the night. I wish they would give out two of them because our fight of the night was woo, we safe. had yeah, Nazim Sadakov versus Vicheslav Borshov. I've been saying the last name wrong. It is bar or, sorry, said it wrong again. Barshov uh is is how you say the last name. Get right, again. man. It's not like it's a hard name. It's very uh, common. Yeah, not at all. Slava <laughs> Thank you for Slavikos. Saying Slavikos. Thank Yeah. You. Um if a fight ever deserved to be a draw, this is it. <laughs> right?
1: Oh, I, and I I agree with the draw. I agree with the draw. I know we talked about the uh, last night. I was like, ah, man, I, let me rewatch round three, rewatch round three. But, man, what a fucking fight. Clear 10-8. Don't know how you mm-hmm. don't give a 10-8. Clear yeah. 10-8. What a fucking fight, man.
0: hmm And it was just wild because Slava was clearly the better fighter standing up. Yeah. Right? Picked him apart in the first round. Picked him apart in the third round, but when he got hit in round two, right, he caught that punch and then took the the head kick, and he ooh, that was scary. Yeah, Uh, I mean, he straight stanky legged it. What I am, I mean, it almost looked a little bit like when Johnny Walker had the like when he got hit by Jamal Hill and kind of had the like crazy stiffen up fallback. (laughs) It it kind of looked like that, but the fact that he was able to recover, yeah, because not only did that happen, he ate a nasty elbow on the ground. That mm. that was a horrible cut. The footage that you can find online of them putting the vaseline on that, and they're, it's just like wiggling around. Oh, oh disgusting! <laughs> but I am so incredibly impressed with Slava's ground game now, and for, I don't mean anything, you know, submission based yeah. yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. like that. But here is a guy that, in his losses in the UFC, has just been taken down and held there. Mm. And he was able to stand back up after taking a hellacious beating. Not take a ton of damage, I mean, elbow aside. Not take a ton of damage. Not get submitted. You know that work with with a uh, team Alpha Male showing off. Yeah, right. You have those guys, and I get their smaller fighters, but you have those guys on top of you all the time. Like you're going to get better. Really impressed, and and for him to come back in the third round and just be able to piece up sodikov again now granted his power was gone yeah. <laughs> by that point but but he won I mean, though g- he
1: won the third round yes. that's what you have to do it's like dude i have to win this round because mm-hmm. going into that his 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 corner could have said dude first round you won second round's a 10-8 you have to stop him to win or you have to win this round to draw and he said okay i'll recover
0: yeah. he recovered He recovered. Yeah, he said, hold my vodka, (laughs) you know, like whatever they're doing. Um, But yeah, I mean, absolutely amazing. And also for Sadikov, like good performance there. You know, want to see both of these guys fighting him because what Sadikov had done in his previous fights, like what he did to Terrence McKinney was impressive. And so for Slava to be able to do what he did, not get taken out in the grappling, not get taken out after getting badly, badly hurt. I thought was very impressive. He stuffed takedowns. Got me more excited for for Slava Claws than than I was before, which is hard to to do because I'm very, very high on that guy. And then afterwards, you know, it was a draw. They both hit the lesginka So I was a, a fan of that. Yes, I did look up what that, uh, what <laughs> that saying, dance is you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Looked it up. It, Slava's explanation of why he does it. He's like, I do it horribly. I don't even really know the dance. He's like, but the, uh, to me, it's the most like manly dance <laughs> that uh, you can do. And I was like, okay, cool. Other, like Other
1: than the worm and
0: the robot. Yeah, I get what he's saying. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely not more manly than the worm, <laughs> but
1: uh, yeah. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but amazing, amazing fight. Just it, to have a draw be fight of the night. To says a lot. Oh, that fight um, deserved it. Yeah. And then there are just some other just amazing finishes. You got to feel good for Jared Gordon Oof. uh with what he did. You want to talk about just some amazing clinch work from both of them. Yeah, right. I mean, they were talking about it before Marco Madsen with his. Olympic medalist, Greco-Roman background, the collar tied the knees to the body—he was just wearing on Gordon. And then it was like all of a sudden, Gordon figured out, "I can get hooks over the mm-hmm. top. I can get these uppercuts." And the first couple that connected changed, changed, changed the fight. It, it changed it and it crumbled him. It crumbled him. Oh, the yeah. way that he dropped yeah. was was scary. That hit behind the ear just went down, uh, and. Obviously, Gordon, after the fact, you know, here's a guy who was an addict to recovering heroin user. He talks about shooting heroin underneath Madison Square Garden to come out and put on this performance on this stage. You got to appreciate that (laughs) and, you know, feel good for the guy. Great start to the card with Jamal Emmers. I hate that he missed weight. I know know, now there's but New York's a little funky because he you only get one shot to weigh in. So because he only got the one shot in New York, unless it's a title fight, you don't get the extra hour. He might've been able to cut the extra pound. You hate to see it. Which which I want to make a comment on that because I think one thing that the extra hour does, because you could have the
1: mentality, which I don't, you could have mentality. Well, you should have just had it, but let's just say your scale is just a little off. And -hmm. then you go to the official scale. It's like, Oh damn, I thought I was on weight. I don't get why you wouldn't give them the extra hour. I don't understand that because it's one pound. And it's like most people, can make that one pound, so that was that was weird. The,
0: yeah, that, New that's, York's that's just a weird. I mean, they didn't even. They were one of the last days to even legalize yeah, so, MMA. But
1: but why? Yeah. I
0: don't get it. I don't. But I don't know. Uh, I think that was boxing commissions. Wanting to keep MMA. I, out. I I understand the
1: MMA portion of it. I don't understand yeah. the weight thing of it because yeah. it's like give him an extra hour,
0: and if he doesn't make it, then
1: I don't know. But w- regardless,
0: yeah. he looked dangerous. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to miss weight and you're going to be starting the card like way to come out there yeah. and fucking put on a performance. He was aggressive from the start and that right hand was scary. Yeah, just scary. Uh, and then, you know, another guy that that missed weight Roosevelt Roberts. And this is a, a discussion. That uh, I I think we'll have probably more in depth at a later time of just you know, filling in four days notice missed weight you you hate to see it but he looked like death on the scale talked about it on the F update uh, and Mateusz Rambetsky is not the guy you want to be going in there against if you're having trouble cutting weight because he is he mauled him right that, I well. mean he just took him down absolutely mauled him snatched the arm up like here's a guy he's on a sixteen fight win streak. I don't know how you don't get him into the top 15. Uh, and I get the performance who he was fighting against, but 16 fights in a row this guy has won. Yeah, I think he he deserves if not a spot in the top 15, I think he deserves a top 15 matchup. You know, I don't know who, but I think you give him somebody at the bottom of the top 15 because you know 3 and 0 in the UFC and has looked uh, Pretty freaking dominant. I think. I think
1: it. kind of with the it's the issue with Saint Denis as well. It's like Saint Denis deserves top fifteen. I don't think he does offer this performance, especially because it's the things around it. We kind of talked yesterday about you know how my feelings toward like people missing weight, and even though it was mm-hmm. short notice, and they probably get in the pressure of the UFC being like, hey, this might be your one chance, but it wasn't a good look for R- Roosevelt with Roberts. Like, there's nothing that says. I want to watch him fight again. He didn't make way to short notice. He didn't look impressive at all. And his, it's like, don't get me wrong, R- what is it? R- Rumbetsky. His, obviously his grappling is going to be insane, but it didn't even look like he had an answer for it to like defend it really. So uh, I don't think that deserves a top 15 placement, but definitely a top. I mean, give this man, give this man his opportunity, right? And if, if you have whoever, if Fervola takes Dober spot in the 15th position, whatever, give him, just give him the opportunity because he's earned it. And he's got a cool personality. Like he seemed genuinely happy just to like be living life and stuff. It was yeah. it's like, give this man, he's, he's on a crazy streak. He's, he's undefeated in your organization. Yeah. Give it to him.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not top 15, but you could rebook the elite fight. Yeah, you know, mm. Drew Dober would be a fun fight. Mm. Steam, sorry, Corn Rolla would, would be a fun fight. Moicano, like there, there's a lot, but this is a guy I want to see fighting every week. His his style is just fun to watch. Just absolutely smothering. Just, yeah. you
1: know, it's, it's You might want to see him fight every week. There's something that I want to see our fans do every week.
0: And is that and I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. Would that be going to whatever service they're listening to this podcast right now at this very moment and clicking follow uh, or like rate the episodes, rate the podcast subscribe. So that way, you know, when, when all the episodes drop, um, or are you talking about going to X, the artist formerly known as Twitter and following at number one BS pod. So that way they can, uh, get the bah, 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 featured prelim poll. They can get the, uh, live posts as well i think that's all we do on there there's there's nothing else that we're going to talk about from uh from x
1: it was actually (laughs) it was actually both of those so that's how i know we're on the same page okay Okay, nice yeah nice
0: right right here right Right here
1: even though you didn't do a lot of alliteration this week but that's okay i don't i don't need it every week but i do i do need my alliteration
0: yeah i gotta get my my mental game up uh, a little bit Yeah, yeah yeah i would yeah, it hasn't been very good. I'm sure I'll better. get my
1: fill. I'm sure I'll get my fill. Yeah,
0: I'll hashtag be better. Thanks, <laughs> Melania. Uh, and then we go from a, an amazing card here on at Madison Square Garden where just wild matchups, all these fights of consequence, to a fight night, which you all know how we feel about fight nights. We get to learn so much uh, on these cards, and, and this one is no different. I mean, we have coming off of... A card where you had some really good flyweight performances: Steve Irsey, Josh Van, and uh, Kevin Borjas. We're going to get a chance at another one here with uh, Rafael Esteban uh, going nice. against Charles Johnson. Esteban, he's undefeated, right? Ken Flow finishes fights; he's got seven finishes, but has not fought in over a year. He was a uh, a contender series alum. Um, and that's because he was victimized by Zalgus Zuma Gulov's uh patty hair where <laughs> he undefeated uh, him. Yeah, it was undefeated. <laughs> the haircut was undefeated. Um botched his weight cut. But he is a his fight on the contender series was while just smothering on the ground at over a hundred ground strikes. I think he broke the record for ground strikes. Um but That's this is gonna tell us right Stupid off- ass stat man. That's yeah, so right. <laughs> right. Uh but it's gonna tell us right off the bat if this guy belongs, because like we know that uh um Charles Johnson, we know who he is, right? He's Mokayev. Struggled with him a little bit like he's Charles Johnson is never going to be a title contender, but is one of those guys that you are going to have to beat uh, on your way up the ladder. So we're going to find out right away with him. So let me ask you a question. I don't know much about this guy, so we're going to just play a game. I should be excited about him because he has 100 ground strikes (laughs) or. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's that pace. Okay, it's that thing that we're so excited about with flyweight fighters is he just it's constant movement it's constantly trying to can flow you know he's, he's always going for that finish and then anytime you have one of these guys who's undefeated who hasn't really looked like he's been challenged very much at getting into the big leagues now gotcha. it's like all right you know is he going to keep it rolling or is he gonna you know is is he just a product of his his opponents so far and and that's what i'm i'm excited about yeah because i've and only seen that, i've only seen the one
1: contender series fight i haven't seen yeah. any of his other things so i don't i don't know much about this fighter other than like kind of reading
0: records and stuff yeah he's uh he's a machine just takes people down beats on them on the ground The uh, did the same thing in, in a, his lfa fight uh, just yeah really yeah. really good ground and pound uh, and then another one that we're we're gonna really find out about is peyton talbot and he was on contender series earlier this year Really young in his career, six and zero, right? But five of those, by way of finish, his one decision uh, was his contender series fight against Tracy Cortez's brother. And so this is debut coming in after what three months ago was on the contender series. You know he's gonna. It's gonna be tough for him, I think, just based solely on the fact that. With his level of experience, only six fights, he's coming in a bantamweight, and there are no easy fights at bantamweight. Really, not I thought bantamweight
1: Nick was just up in the air.
0: Yeah, <laughs> kind of, you know, kind of like light heavyweight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, men's bantamweight, not women's bantamweight. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but they are giving him somebody with a relatively similar. Experience level with Nick Aguirre, who has eight professional fights. So they're not just like, hey, here you go. Victor Henry, who I think can is going to be fighting at some point with both balls. Um, But the with Talbot, he's one of those guys that like start slow. But once he finds that flow state, it is it's a joy to watch. He gets comfortable. He starts talking shit. He's throwing like crazy hook kicks and At one point against um, Cortez Reyes, Cortez, he tried to backflip after he got his kick caught, just like a wild, free flowing type of fighter. And those ones are, are always fun to watch. And anytime we see a young fighter, like how's this guy going to evolve? since first time he's ever had to go the distance like how is he going to evolve now granted a bunch of his finishes have come later in fights yeah. but i i want to see that well and, I and mean, that's what these fight nights are about according to the odds maker he's a minus 625
1: right now so they think that he's just going to go in there and start he, he must be someone pretty special and yeah. and i don't care how good the band and weight division is if it if you can add one person to make it better i'll always go for it i don't but stack that division stack mm-hmm. it yeah i'm i'm okay with it
0: yeah. And that's there's a few fighters in there, too, that are those not very highly skilled, not quite as experienced like a Raul Rosas Jr. Uh, you know, so we're, we're going to see we're going to be able to get really, really good matchups, too, with with some of these less experienced fighters as well. Uh, and less experienced fighters. Let's jump over to middleweight uh, Cesar Almeida and Christian Leroy Duncan. You know, Leroy Duncan's only got nine professional MMA fights. Almeida's got four. Yeah. Now, granted. Almeida, 35 years old, and he fought Poeton who is now a Glory kickboxing Hall of Famer and two division UFC champion. He fought Poeton 3 times, uh, took him to decision all 3 times and got a win yep. in in one of those 3 fights. So, so I'm so. real
1: interested in seeing because this matchup I have I, optically I swear guys I do watch fights. I promise you guys I watch fights. <laughs> but optically this one I'm like I don't know really much about either, either of these guys mm-hmm. and when I saw Uh, Your excitement for this fight, I was like, okay, let me, let me, you know, I'm like, this guy's 35. What is exciting about this matchup to you, man?
0: Well, he's the level of kickboxing experience that Almeida has. Um, And of his four wins, his only decision was on the contender series. And he showed... real evolution on the ground he showed an ability sure. like he was doing he showed really good control where it's like okay he doesn't necessarily know all the ins and outs of what he's doing but he has that body control he has the strength on the ground so him getting the experience now you know trip, full training camp being able to work on stuff on the ground how is that going to evolve and all his, his three other fights first round stoppages and he has He's kind of like Poiton, where it's a, like a traditional kickboxing type style. And Chris Roy, Christian Leroy Duncan's not that. He's throwing like crazy spinning shit, flying knees, um, but got outclassed a little bit by Ar- Armand Petrosian, who is another kind of traditional style kickboxer. Yep. So I want to see if Christian Leroy Duncan, who was very, very highly touted, and I'm just going to go CLR instead of saying Christian Leroy Duncan <laughs> every single time now, uh, but you know, came into the UFC with a ton of hype had that first fight where todorovich got hurt so we didn't really get to see it had a tough fight against Petrosian so like how how has he evolved can he solve that traditional kickboxing puzzle that that's what's very interesting about this fight to me and then with the advanced age of Almeida you know with, with all due respect like if he gets this win now like hey let's see what we got like let's throw this guy in there and and see what he can do because he's you know he's going to have to be here for a good time, not a long time. When you say throw him in there, you're you're
1: not talking about top fifteen. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. Okay, but,
0: but some of these other like, you know, Roman Coppola. Like you if go. he gets a win, there you, know, you go. Body bags. Uh, yeah, uh, Nursultan Rojabov. Like just some of these other fighters where it's like, hey, let's. We got to see what we have here because we only probably got two, three good years out of him. Gotcha. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I I am excited because of
1: some of the stats you said for the like just the kickboxing portion of it I just mm. don't know much and I'm going to continue saying Christian Lever Duncan so <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> Christian Lever Duncan, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah and then we have like other very very exciting you want to talk about kickboxing like let's go look at i know i say it all the time one of my favorite nicknames in the sport uh the doctor yeah. udos uh medic and that's because his last name is spelled like medic which that's fucking hilarious that's guys hilarious. whoever came up with that nickname you're funny yeah. taking on the slugger not uh johnny parsons and here's another one i think we are going to see a a very very fun kickboxing match um you know Medich nine and one all nine by stoppage so so he can't flows yeah yeah he's like i don't get paid by the hour guys so we're we're going uh three and one in the ufc only loss down a weight class against jalen turner you know Medich had his first fight at 170 was his last fight in the ufc and that was against semi the jedi so which is not an easy out for anybody and actually looked much better at welterweight looked a little more confident than he did at lightweight showed a gas tank in that fight you know, got dropped by semi who has gotten people out of there in under 20 seconds twice.
1: So, so, you know, so so let me ask you this because Medich mm -hmm. is going to have the height and reach advantage. Yeah. All right. Both of them, like these are obviously finishers. They, they can flow. Mm -hmm. They can flow so hard, so hard, but from watching the fights, it just seems like Medich is a little bit more well-rounded and just with the better competition. It just feels like, like this is going to be, this is going to be, a little bit more difficult coming from Parsons' side.
0: I I would agree, but Parsons has like top of the food chain type Muay Thai. Yeah, He's been doing it his his entire life, and so when you watched his fight against Danny Roberts, the he checked every single low kick that was thrown. He checked. Yeah, every single one. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. It was impressive. Yes. And you look at his lower body. He's almost built kind of like Drew Dober a little bit where he's like this shorter, like thicker kind of fighter. And I just I think that the it's going to be a puzzle for Medich to solve because Parsons has. Somewhat traditional Muay Thai style, lots of stance switching. Uh, you know, in the Roberts fight, every time he went southpaw, he was popping him with the jab. Uh, has different weapons from his different stances. So I, yeah, I think we are going to see a very interesting kickboxing type match. And and Parsons is good, obviously being a Muay Thai fighter, really really good in the clinch. Medich showed really really good clinch work as well uh, against semi good good hooks in tight. And so, yeah, I I think everywhere unless Medich, for some reason decides to become a grappler and take this to the ground which he can he has submission victories yep. I think we are in in for a uh an exciting um fight like where everywhere where Parsons is good Medich is good I, and so I think it's just going to be competitive throughout
1: I just saw I understand that you hyped up the doctor. I just Mm -hmm. saw Johnny the Sluggernaut. I think that's hilarious. That's fucking awesome. This is our nickname matchup of the week. holy shit.
0: The Sluggernaut is so dope. Yeah, and you know what else is dope? The Sluggernaut's hair. Mean mullet. I mean, just gross-looking mullet. And I guess Medich, I don't know if something happened to him, if he got bullied by somebody with a mullet when he was younger, because Semi the Jedi Also rocking a nasty shvilby. So we got, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Medich hates mullets. He's fighting back to back fights, guys. What the fuck is a shvilby? oh, Oh. Friend of the program, uh, Jason Dutcher, uh, who lives in Utah or lived in Utah, that's what they called it. A so Shvilby? Shvilby, yeah. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Um, I don't know, don't know where it comes before, from, yeah. but uh, really, really funny in my Don't worry, I'll be doing my research eyes. for your F update. You will be <laughs> yeah, but, telling me Yeah. So keeping that one in the back pocket oh, yeah. throw it out every, every now and then. But yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be a, uh, you know, this is a potential fight of the night type Type fight in my eyes. Another potential fight of the night is our featured prelim, and that is JSP himself, Jonathan Pierce, taking on Joe Anderson Britu. Ooh, watching the fights in the lead up to this one got me juiced. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, me too. Because
1: these are like like really good prospect, like rising prospects in in this division. Like it's it's. I it was this was one of the fun ones where it's like sometimes you go back and watch fights you're like okay I need to watch them just to remind and this one was like oh mm-hmm. this is fun dude this
0: oh fun. yeah I mean I'm I'm very high on on Pierce, and I highly recommend you guys go and look at his backstory he had a crazy uh, incident where he got like blindsided by a gym bully and like almost died it, it was so bad like broken neck i mean just Jesus horrible Christ. yeah horrible uh, in a sense come back from that uh, he's five and one in in the ufc he has only lost joe lozon i get it but he debuted at lightweight you know he's now obviously fighting at featherweight and he's he's violent he's a very very violent person you see him constantly pushing the pace just absolutely relentless when you look at he likes his elbows. He hit the Travis Brown or now we can say Poeton mm-hmm. style elbows uh, against Mack, Wanamir Con- Connie when he was trying to take him down. It just devastated him with that. And then what he did to the damage, uh, Darren Elkins, he out elkinsed Elkins, right? because like Elkins breaks people and just puts a pace on him and wears him down over time. And Pierce did that to Elkins. yeah,
1: but toward the end of that fight, Elkins was out striking Pierce. Yeah, yes. like toward the yeah. end. So like so the thing is is that if you can because it was a three round fight, it's like, you know, if <laughs> you can endure and maybe put some damage, there's a potential there, right? Not saying that he clearly, clearly won. It this yeah. this isn't like a me being like, Oh, he, he would have lost if you give him five No, it wasn't yeah. but it, it the tide was kind of turning and maybe you step off the gas. But it's just what watching that fight, I d I didn't remember it going that way. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, like Elkins Elkins is Having some success. But yeah. with someone like Brito, I mean, Brito's gonna be throwing the f- the full time that he's out. Did the, you call him Burrito? I don't I don't how do you say his last name, man? Brito. Oh, Britou, my bad. Breed two No, I do want a burrito now. You know, I can't say Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. crazy Chipotle. Man. You don't listen to this podcast for me to pronounce names correctly, <laughs> right? So two my bad. Breed yeah. He's gonna be throwing the whole time. Watching him fight mm-hmm. was like it seemed like Jonathan Pierce was more on my mind watching Brito. I was like, oh, man, like, holy shit. This guy is, this is a scary fight. This guy's scary. Oh, yeah. he's
0: so powerful. Yeah. I mean, when you three straight first round finishes and similar to Pierce, he lost his UFC debut it yep. was against senior better effect. <laughs> Bill Algeo. Uh, But I mean, you look at it, just really badly hurt, feely standing up. I mean, he rock bottomed Lucas Alexander. <laughs> I mean, just straight. It was unbelievable. Uh, vicious ground and pound what he did to Weston wilson when wilson tried to hang on to that leg lock was disgusting i mean you have two violent human beings that are just going to walk forward like meet in the middle once again fight of the night potential here yeah. and and this is what him this is what featured prelims are are designed you, for you think uh jsp tries to take him down tire him out a little bit or do you think oh, he just yeah. stands up yeah no, I think he tries to. I think, yeah, yeah I think JSP tries to tries to wear him out. Yeah, um, which would be the smart thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. But the I'm excited for just you have these two forces that only move forward, and when they clash, oh, like, yeah. what is going to happen? No, a fight that I'm almost positive is going to hit the ground. Uh, we have the Monkey King, Jordan <laughs> Levitt, taking on American Roman Kapalov, Chase Super himself. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. it's it's no longer Chase Hooperov for Roman Kapalov. It's <laughs> the other way. Um, but yeah, this is one that the ground exchanges here. I am so incredibly excited for. You have Levitt, who is beyond weird in his style, yeah. right? For somebody who like seems pretty passive, has two of the most violent knockouts I, I've seen in a while. The the slam that he had of Matt Wyman is one of the most like devastating slam knockouts you could ever care to see. You know, this side of Rampage and uh Ricardo Arona. Mm. I mean just scary, scary. And then the this knockout and the clinch that he had in his in his last fight uh against Martinez against Victor Martinez was devastating and and you look at his body type it looks like he should be able to generate power in the clinch and he should have uh a good muay thai game but he throws all these crazy kicks and yeah he's he's fine. yeah and this and this this feels like this matchup feels like it's gonna be like a close
1: matchup right like very I, I, i'm gonna use the word back and forth it might not be like the most <laughs> uh like violent but it feels like it's just gonna be close and uh, watching some of these fights, smarty pants mode. I mean, Levitt mm-hmm. does do a lot of teap kicks, right? He does do a lot mm-hmm. of teap kicks, right? Yes. Um. So, But Hooper just walks forward, man. Mm-hmm. Hooper just, wa- or are we calling him Hooper? Or are we calling him American? I, I just want to make
0: sure. Well, there, there's not like really something you can do to the name Kapolov to Americanize it, right? Like you can Russianize a name yeah, by adding all Yeah, to <laughs> Thank, the end. I think you're correct. So I'll just stick <laughs> yeah. with Hooper. But yeah, Hooper walks forward, and because
1: of that, like that, that can win you rounds, right? It it just can Mm -hmm. win you rounds where you're walking forward, and Hooper has a good chin. So is uh, Levitt going to be able to TKO him or knock him out? I don't know, but they both have really good jujitsu. Let's see this one Mm -hmm. go to the ground, dude. I hope so. I hope so. I want to play a game. Who's jujitsu? Who do you think has the edge just right now? On the spot. Don't think about it too hard. Just, yeah, I'm gonna say Hooper. Yeah, me too, right? That's what it is what yeah. it feels like. But it's gonna be interesting because it's just gonna be an interesting matchup because even though Levitt's not like crazy older, he is older and maybe mature mature wise, maybe just the fight game has gotten twenty four to twenty eight. It's gonna be a fun match. But Hooper and Levit, I really this is one of the fights that I kinda hope we get to see on the ground
0: more oh, than yeah. stand up, you know. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I'm really hoping yeah. this one hits the ground kind of like I was Sabatini Lopez. Uh, so probably going to get a standing knockout here. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I, Does Lopez have a Spielby or is that not a uh, It's kind of, kind of. It's. I just want to say Spielby like, again. I can oh, yeah, tell. I, I can tell, tell. It almost looks like a Mohawk it. that he yeah. never like Mohawks up. <laughs> he yeah. just, like, just lets it ride. Um, it's just feeling it's, you guys <laughs> it, it, it's crazy like what we've seen from chase hooper so far he's got seven fights in the ufc he's 24 years old i know right? like, it feels like he's been around forever he's 24 and that move up to lightweight i think was was very good for him yeah. you know when you look at the fight against nick Fior, the the kicks as part of his game now he had a lot of good combos he was throwing those step in elbows like his striking game is a is evolving and he has done very well when he's fought these guys that he should be fighting right like they put him in with bruce leroy i think in his second fight in the ufc like poor guy poor yeah. kid you know yeah. i think he was like 19 or 20 at the time like poor kid and so this is a fight where a guy with similar experience Jay hooper is actually the more experienced fighter here i think we're just going to see wild pace just crazy scrambles oh. this is one that like I think you're going to see like people rolling for leg locks, just like all kinds of
1: crazy shit, which I want to um, see, if, dude. I'm ready to see that as mm-hmm. well. Like we got to see a lot of finishes on this, this card last night. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, let's see some like stand up finishes. I should say, let's see some
0: grappling, dude. And the, if, if these are the two guys that can bring it, let's do it. Yeah. And a fight where I don't think we're going to see grappling is Jake Matthews, Michael Morales. And that's, okay, you're to get mad co- at me, man. Yeah, go for it. God, Don't I... Don't mispronounce fr- Morales.
1: <laughs> I'm going to... Who is that? Yaki? No. Um, <laughs> Jake Matthews just feels overrated to me, man. And I hate to say that, but watching some of his fights, I'm like, I'm just not... He just feels, like, inconsistent to me. And maybe I'm just, you know, watching these fights, maybe it's just, like, the too many distractions going on. Because, you, you know, you try to do it throughout your day and try to catch up. But... He like he beat Andre Fialio. I don't, you know Andre. How do you say that? Fialio. Yeah, you got it. But Fialio hasn't done anything mm-hmm. except lose three in a row. So it's like, mm-hmm. how impressive is it? Just Matthews just feels like just I, I don't want to. I hate to use the only word I can think of. right in my notes was overrated, and the Morales. He should be a better striker. He should be better wrestling. He's quicker. He should be more athletic. I just, Mm -hmm. this, I I don't, I don't know. Am I being a little, little harsh on Matthews right now?
0: Uh, Matthews is an interesting case because he got into the UFC. He's been in the UFC since 2014. He's 29 years old. Mm -hmm. So he got in the UFC. He was 20 years old. And so here is a guy now that has fought 18 times in the UFC. He's only 29. Mm. And so I think there was such hype behind him early on that like that can that can fuck with you a little bit, right? right. Like you, you get into the UFC, you are you had fought on uh, tough and he's fighting against Olivier Olbin who ah, is a so good. Dude. PF, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a PFL champ. Right, so here's a very high level guy. He loses to him. He ends up getting into the UFC. He only had seven professional fights at that point mm. and so you're 20 years old all of a sudden you're not as unbeatable as you think you are he got brutalized by kevin lee in a fight back when kevin lee was you know a, a guy who ultimately ended up fighting for an interim belt like i i think that his his mind has been messed with a little bit and so we've seen some of those ups and downs but i i also think when he is at the top of his game I don't know. He's never gonna contend for a title, I don't think. Yeah. But I think he is one of those guys that is a legitimate top 15 in the world when he is at, at the top of his game. Okay. And he showed some of that veteran savvy in his last fight against Flowers, right? Even though he got into some firefights, which is what Flowers was trying to bait him into, he pretended to be hurt at one time at one point to try to, you know, bait him in. But even when he got into those firefights, he stayed safe. Am I mistaken?
1: Yeah, am I mistaken that wasn't that short notice for, for flowers? flowers. Yeah, so I, I don't no. know, man. It just I remember watching that fight and just being like, hmm, I, I maybe maybe there's something about Matthews that just to my eye is not a, mm-hmm. a exciting, but I'm just I'm not a believer in him. I without thinking too much on it, I'm like I just don't see a path that Morales loses. But mm-hmm. I could, I mean, that's why
0: that's why MMA is so dope because and- maybe. And this is why I'm so excited for this fight, because for Morales, this is a huge test, huge test. Here is a guy that is 15 and 0 undefeated. He is where Jake Matthews was. Right. Jake Matthews has sat in in this guy's chair. He's been in his shoes. And so. For Morales to have to pass this test I think is going to tell us a lot because he he had the grizzled vet mm. in Max Griffin in his last fight and he passed that test but he he struggled a little bit early in that fight and yeah. he even said after the fact like I had some nerves yeah. like I was nervous in this fight well now that he's had that experience how's he come he's co-main now co-main event against a even though he's only 29 a a veteran yeah. of not just the sport but the UFC and so I want to see if he can come out and and be able to be on top of his game right from the start, because if he can't, Jake Matthews is the kind of guy that that's going to make you doubt yourself, right? He can hit you and hurt you. He can take you to the ground and drag you into some deep waters if he wants to. And so I want to know how that goes. Max Griffin was headhunting Morales a bit. Matthew's is going to work the body. We saw it in the flowers fight. So I want to know how Morales responds to that body work, you know, is, is Matthews because he's, BJJ black belt, right? Yeah. Like he's he's no slouch on the ground. Does he try to test Morales on the ground? I want to know. There, there's a lot of very interesting questions for me that are going to get answered.
1: Just to make sure, they on uh this website they're saying that Matthews is a brown belt. Is he a black belt?
0: <laughs> oh, is this, he only no no no? This could be belt.
1: wrong. I just was looking at some of his like stats and attributes, and says brown belt, but he uh, it could be that this isn't updated.
0: Yeah, he he might be. I was under yeah. the impression. He was yeah, no, no, I, he might be. A that's remote. what. That
1: wasn't a call out. I was just like, you know, you never know yeah. what
0: shit on my picks. <laughs> call me out. Well, that's out. that's
1: deserved. That's yeah. deserved.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. and Very much deserved. I went over, man. I, I feel terrible. <laughs> you feel <should, laughs> horrible man. about it's it. Yeah, okay. he, it happens to the best of us, man. No, it you know, does. Your son still loves you.
1: Yeah, because he doesn't know. I to say I'm mostly because he doesn't like, know. Yeah, I'm never letting him know about
0: this. But yeah, a lot of just. Great, great questions that are going to be answered here. It's why we love the fight nights, and then our main event. Right? Yeah. This is a fight of consequence at middleweight, and to take this back to kind of Levitt Hooper, is we're. I'm excited for the grappling yeah. side of this, but I don't know if it's going to hit the ground, which sounds crazy either. for a Paul Craig fight. But Brendan Allen, as good as he is on the ground, he only lets it go there on his turn. Yeah, I
1: know. Watching his like lead up to this podcast was like, I I don't know why I wasn't thinking of Brendan Allen as a talented as he is. He's gonna be better than Craig. That's the best I can do on the yeah. feet. It's good.
0: Come on, Craig.
1: <laughs> and it's not like Craig's gonna. If Craig does get him down, he's not gonna be able to like get him in a full or He's gonna get mm-hmm. back up. Um, and Allen won't fade, dude. This one's exciting as shit. Yes. I'm. I'm. I don't, like I said I don't know why Allen just wasn't on my radar the way it was, and it's probably because Craig fought more more recently. You know I just remember, I, but who this is? If Craig can get on top, he might be able to bully him. But I don't I to your point I don't think
0: I don't think Craig's gonna be able to get him down. That's just I'm throwing it out there now. Yeah, and that's what's so interesting about this to me because when we saw, and granted Paul Craig has some awesome wins at light heavyweight, right? Jamal Hill, Kalayov. Two, two phenomenal wins pretty good <laughs> yeah but also in his last fight got brutalized by Johnny Walker at yes. light heavyweight but in his and it is a very small sample size yeah. right but in his fight against Andre Muniz he looked different at middleweight he was able to secure takedowns he wasn't having to attempt to pull guard right he was able to take him down get on top and Muniz is no slouch on the ground yeah. and he was able to and granted it was interesting to watch because we have the common opponent with Muniz for both Brendan Allen and Paul Craig. It was really interesting to watch because in the Craig fight, the two of them, Muniz and Craig, were kind of just accepting of takedown attempts. Like, cool, let's let it go to the ground. Yeah. Whereas Brendan Allen was like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm stuffing your takedowns. We're only going down there on my turn. But Craig appeared to be more able to get to secure the takedown. And the ground and pound. He seemed much more active with his ground and pound because he was on top. Yep. Which in the past it's like pull guard, try and granted nasty elbows. We all saw it in the Jamal Hill fight. Did some really good work off his back, but it, you know you can only do so much work off of your back in in modern MMA. And so, like when you, I'm interested to see this new fight. Another kind of data point for Craig at middleweight because in his last four fights at light heavyweight, he had one takedown. well, and uh, two and, in was fight against Muniz. And when he tried to take down Ozdemir,
1: no time, it was mm-hmm. like hitting a wall, right? It was just yeah. like, like I, I can't do this. The thing that's fun about Craig is him going down to middleweight. is like, okay, now you're probably at the division that you need to be at to kind of Ooh, implement yeah. your game. But Allen, man, God, you want to talk about – the, the the wrong person to be trying to take down and i don't see and i could be wrong you know you never know because he was fighting at light heavyweight craig come on craig but <laughs> brandon allen i just don't see him losing a stand-up match i i can't i can't see it right now i just can't yeah. see it so if you can't I, take me down and you you're not going to beat me on the feet what is your
0: path to victory it's going to be Brent, interesting. Brendan Allen stood in front of Bruno Silva, mm. ate his best shots, got hurt. Yeah, he got and hurt. Fired back mm. and dropped Bruno I, Silva. This is the same Bruno Silva that took light heavyweight champion Poetan the distance. Yep. And despite losing, took Shara Bullitt the distance. Yep. Shara bullet, yeah. Yes, short a bullet. I'd see now he's another one I'm terrified of. So I would nothing but respect. Uh, But so here's a guy that can do that on the feet. Yeah, I know. To Bruno Silva. Ooh, it's it's scary. Like Brendan Allen is, I think, one of the more underrated fighters in the UFC. Here's a guy. He's got 12 UFC fights. His only losses middleweight champion, Sean Strickland and Strickland's buddy the other host of the yep. band dance, uh, Chris Curtis. So uh, yeah, Brendan Allen is as good as they get. And his, the, what I want to see is if this goes to, sorry, when this goes to the ground, <laughs> um, Allen on top is absolutely smothering, absolutely smothering. But Craig is so active off his back. Like yep. what did those exchanges look like? Can Craig get the angles to, to do work off his back or is Alan just that smothering Yeah, on top? Yeah, and, I, I don't know.
1: And they both, the, the crazy thing is because I, I was really impressed with Alan. Like I just reminding me of this fight. So I was like, God damn, stand up so fun. 13 submission wins. Craig, Craig, 13 submission wins. Like, yeah, yeah, this is, you don't always want to see the bigger guys on the ground, but this is the one that you, like like how you started off this announcement. Mm-hmm. is.
0: Let's see this one on the ground. Let's just see what and, happens. And Brent Brendan Allen at... He's a specialist from the standpoint of he's so good at what he does. Yeah. 10 of his 13 submissions are rear naked chokes. Insane. And when you look at what he did to Bruno Silva, didn't even get both hooks in. Yeah. Only got one in. The squeeze was filthy, but he was so good at The transition to the back, setting Silva up in a position against the fence to where he was going to be able to take the back. Just, it's almost like Khabib from the standpoint of like, hey, we know what he's going to do, but he sets it up so well. Aljo, uh, you know, Grant Dawson, who I know, I know, but like, we, (laughs) like these guys that are so good at what they do and they have all the setups to get people there. I mean, this is, as high level of definitely groundwork as we're going to see grappling in MMA, but this is as high level, I think, as you can get in in the middleweight division. Like realistically, Brendan Allen has a, and he's been calling everybody out, has a really good chance to be a future title contender. And I don't say that lightly because I think middleweight is very quickly becoming a very competitive division. And so... I mean, heck, either guy wins. You look at the people above them and you nothing but fun fights. You got Hamzat, you got Roman Delize, Costa, Vittori, Cannonier, Bobby Knuckles. Like there's so many amazing fights here. And that's not even looking at, you know, people hot on their heels. Roman Kapalov, Body Bags, Bo Nickel. Like this division is just so fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And this this fight night, like we're going to get what we want. Bunch of contender or a bunch of prospects, you know, questions that we want to have answered and then cap it all off with a major fight of consequence in the oh, yeah. middle, middleweight division I, lo- awesome. I love
1: that you're saying it that way it, it, this is a major fight of consequence because mm-hmm. you do have people on your heels that are like just itching to get up there and then mm-hmm. you have people in front of you that you can challenge for yeah this this division is it's man it's just it's like kind of um. I hate to say it with Izzy not holding the belt the division seems just different you know, mm-hmm. just even with Izzy holding the belt, it'd be like all these people, but you'd feel like, ah, oh, they got to get there. But now it's like yeah. all these people that we're trying to see, they still have the Whitaker test to pass. They still have the
0: Vittori test to pass. They have such hard tests to pass to even get to that belt. It's fun. Anytime you have a long-standing dominant champ, yeah. and I, I know Izzy lost a belt twice now, but anytime you have that, it, well, it brings everybody along, with the exception of one division in the UFC.
1: Women's, women's band yeah. 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 I don't know Which why That's I, I don't I'm know. still baffled by that. Yeah. I don't understand how the division... I mean, we've talked about it, and we don't need to get into it now. But yeah, uh, but you're, you're right. When you see that, it's because everybody has to... I mean, and the good thing about lightweight is you had Khabib, but then you had Islam, who's mm-hmm. Khabib 2.0. You're going to see it. Yeah, it's this, this middleweight division. I mean, dude, we're talking about a division now where we have someone that everyone... It's kind of talking about like he's going to be a champion. He's still not 15, top 15. Bo Nickel's not even the top 15, man. Like, what are yeah. we
0: doing? What are yeah, we doing? probably at least another fight out from getting a top 15 matchup.
1: And he's just there, like, just the boogeyman just waiting to, like, knock on the door.
0: What are we doing? What a yeah. fucking and, fun division. And now we got Hamzat in yeah. the division. Yep. Like, committing to the division. It's unbelievable. So... I'm. All of these divisions are are starting to get better. I absolutely fucking love it. Yeah, it's great. But but then to go to our fight announcement in the division that we all love, Bantamweight, we do have a headliner announced for the Shanghai card December 9th, uh, and that is going to be uh, Chris Gutierrez versus Yadong. Song Yadong. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. You got crazy punching power from Yadong. You got That Factory X Muay Thai style from Gutierrez like this is. mm, Sign me up. Yeah, like Shanghai crowds getting the treat on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as a five-rounder, fucking awesome. Uh, We did get another fight night announcement January 13th. uh, Flyweight. God, these Lower weight classes. We got Mateusz Nicolau taking on uh Monel Cop. And sorry, just to go back to Gutierrez versus Yadong. Yadong oh. is ranked seventh. Gutierrez is 14th. Mm. So real good chance for Gutierrez to jump up the ladder. And then for that Nicolau Monel Cop rematch, which was Cop's second fight in the UFC. It was a split decision win for Nicolau. I know Cop wants to get that back because he was kind of hesitant in his first two fights in the UFC, uh, but that is Monel Kopp at eight nicolau at six so top 10 matchup there being added to the fight night card and mono cops January on that 13th.
1: on that trajectory to like kind of get the the big the big fights to jump in the top five to get that uh
0: um, yeah that top dropping five. homophobic slurs yeah. just <laughs> coming no for gay jesus yeah. but whatever. yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was not good yeah, nah. um but good matchup there and then on the toronto card this one's really starting to fill up uh they the light heavyweight bouts that have been added to to this card. We have the rematch of Jan Blahovic versus Alexander Rakic. That's Rakic coming back uh, after his injury in the Blahovich fight. That's number four versus number five. Must win for Rakic, yep. right? Because Blahovich is not a title challenger anymore. So if you're Rakic, if you don't want to get passed by, you have to win this fight. Wait, 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 wait! Blahovich can still be a title
1: talent challenger though, only because if he gets two wins, he can be back. Yes. At it's just because the light heavyweight division isn't that deep, right? Yeah, like I just be. look at
0: Blahovich's age. Uh, I, I, I I'm not saying that he to get will be back in the picture. It's hard for him with. I think if Yuri would have won the title, different, different story. Lost to Poetan. Right. Had the draw against Ankalayev. I think Ankalayev Walker is number one contender. Jamal Hill, Should you be. know, like there's just a lot there. Yeah. I, I don't um, disagree with you. I'm just saying, like, there's a world where this division's not
1: quite deep enough that Yon yeah. could get his way back in there.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But the one that I am very, very excited for is the return of Black Jag, Carlos Olberg. I will watch this guy fight anybody. Uh, and we're going to see him fight a top 15 opponent. And Dominic Reyes, I don't know what Reyes did to piss off the UFC, but man, they are feeding this guy to some killers, right? He got, he had the the title weight or the championship fight against uh, Blahovich, brutally knocked out. Goes against Yuri, brutally knocked out. Takes on Ryan Spam, which I get was like, a, hey, here's a yep. you know, top 10 guy, but like you should win this. Brutally knocked out in it's 80 a seconds. It's a going on. Yeah, and now you're putting him against somebody who, who's terrifying. Like Olberg, I am a huge fan of potential future title contender type fighter with, with knockout power. And now you're going to put him in there with Dominic Reyes. Don't know who Reyes pissed off, uh, but this is... I'm excited for the opportunity for Olberg, excuse me, but Olberg, uh, but <laughs> not excited for Reyes because I, he's somebody I was very high on, and, and to see a guy get like brutally knocked out multiple times in a row, well, gets here, you a little worried. Here's the thing: it looks like Reyes really
1: peaked with the John Jones fight, even though mm-hmm. he lost, he peaked from there. I mean, he is fighting killers, right? It's not like he's mm-hmm. fighting slouches. I think yep. that he's talented enough. I do think Dominic Reyes is playing his role, right? This is the mm-hmm. role that he has to play in this division. Yep. But I also can see a world where Reyes has a good performance and he can beat Olberg, right? So this is this is interesting. But with four losses in a row, do you think in a world, and we'll talk about this more in depth? But in a world, yeah. do you think this is this is it for him?
0: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think this is the like classic UFC move of top fifteen guy on his way out, young hungry yeah, right. killer. Like, hey, you better beat this guy, otherwise you're out. I agree. You know. And then they announced the main event of that card being headlined by Sean Strickland and DDP door doorbell hater still knocks, <laughs> um, but super excited for, for DuPlessis on this one, just because I thought he deserved the title shot. The yeah. idea that Hamzad or Usman winner was going to get it, I thought was bullshit. And so for DDP to get the title shot, excited for that. You, this you, is not an easy fight for Strickland. No, you. But here's the thing. To that point, you beat
1: Robert Wardeker in the way that you do. You get a title shot. That's yes. just that's just life. Strickland's response to this is funny. Like UFC, do you hate me? Like there's no freedom. There's no guns. Like he's just yeah. funny. Like he's his personality is really like. Even though he's still coming, I mean, he's coming out hard. Like women's MMA sucks. Like he's yeah. just like women, but but that's what's gonna get people to sell. People are mm-hmm. gonna get behind it. This is this is an intriguing one. I mean, Toronto needed something like this to happen for this card Mm -hmm. and it's like this this feels big now this this card feels big now with with them two on there because if ddp takes that you know then you start thinking like okay well is that the thing that get izzy to come back a little bit quicker
0: oh yeah because he if he wins he gets on the mic and says he's the first true african champion and you said the only reason you retired is because you knew this was gonna happen i mean you just talked Mm -hmm. that now that
1: doesn't mean it'll go to him but that—that's the thing that would shit. go to yeah for sure. Everyone's talk got an shit. ego, uh,
0: so this is this th- this event now feels big, and I like this, that. Yes, this card is starting to get stacked. You have yeah. and didn't even talk about it. You got Air Jordan taking on Sean Woodson, the Slender Man. That's going to be an awesome fight. You have the Blahovich Rakic fight now. You have Chris Curtis taking on Power Bar Mark Andre. Barrio, you have Arnold Allen, Mosar of Loyev. You have the women's bantamweight championship fight, Rocky Pennington, Myro Bueno Silva, and you got Strickland versus Drikas, Like and Reyes Olberg. Like this card is starting to yep. to be a Canada card. Like this is starting to be a good one.
1: And they and they needed um, they 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 needed it terribly. They needed it yeah. terribly.
0: Yeah. And then the fight that was supposed to be the headliner for this card, uh, but was derailed because of uh, the. The Islam-Volk fight is now going to be the headliner of UFC 298. That's February 17th. They have not announced a city yet. It's possibly going to be in L.A. If Taporia tweeted something now or posted, sorry, sorry, X, uh, something about uh, the fight taking place (laughs) there. Yeah, yeah. But we have Volk versus Taporia and headlining. this is the matchup should be happening this the yeah ab- absolutely absolutely and then you have headliner for 299 being announced sean o'malley making his first title defense against chito vera um this, you know this you, is the you ufc doing him it. a favor right yeah, yeah absolutely you hate to see it for marab right? right uh as well as some of the you know Corey sanhagen like you hate to see it for those fighters but ultimately sean o'malley is a cash cow yep right? he brings in a ton of money and if nothing else, what we have seen from the UFC is if you make them money, you call your own shots. Yes. And obviously, O'Malley wants this fight back, called a shot, wants Cheeto. It's happening. Cool for Cheeto, right? Like Cheeto's a guy that he might go in there and starch O'Malley, or he might go in there and lay an egg. You never know with, with Cheeto. Is it going to be the Sandhagen performance? Or is it going to be his first performance against O'Malley? Who knows? Well, and, the, and, and the that's good, what's
1: exciting. The good thing about the Cheeto performance in this is that he usually starts slow. So now you have five rounds to not start slow. Like their last mm-hmm. matchup was three rounds and he, you know, he got him uh, with that injury. But this is, it's not a bad matchup. It's just, um, you, you, you're right. You feel bad for Marab. right? You're just like, ah, oh, man, he deserves it. But. O'Malley wins you got to have more in the spot so this is I like the mm-hmm. fight I really do like the fight especially because O'Malley's just like I haven't lost <laughs> you know it's just like yeah, yeah it's just, so like there's there's history behind it and they don't like each other so it's it's a good yeah. fight
0: yeah su- Super Paul pom- I mean like what a great announcement of like consecutive headliners right you got Strickland DDP Volk deporia O'Malley Cheeto like and then 300s coming in. yeah can- and then, yeah and who knows what's gonna be on that we might have like ronda rousey returning God, I, uh, my- I saw mark coleman in the crowd maybe he fights i don't know oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> they better not no, they better not no. uh yeah but who knows what that card's gonna be i'm sure we'll get those announcements on one of the open weeks that we have here without you know without uh, yeah. a ufc event that's coming up but super super excited for those those fights uh, anything else on your end no sir all right as always appreciate y'all for listening love and respect later